Check out Macy's Cyber Monday specials now while supplies last for great savings on holiday gift ideas like designer names you know they'll love. Now 40 to 60% off. And women's boots and shoes to finish the look 50 to 60% off. And upgrade your bedroom for cooler nights with cozy flannel bedding quilts and accessories from Martha Stewart Collection now 65% off. Plus, Macy Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. up everyone we are back barreling heading towards 100 thank you everyone for joining us for another week here on the staff picked spreaker uh retro gamers larry here and anthony here what's going on Ant? oh i don't know you know it feels good to be chosen for something <laughs> yeah something that's uh, good right yes well yeah something good you know it, you know it uh, brings me back to uh when we were in grade school and i never got picked for anything so <laughs> it's nice it's nice to actually pick be picked for something it, it only took it only took almost 40 years but you know it's about time not even not even picked last that's so sad no not not picked last nope just no just just not just not picked just not <laughs> fair enough just left there just Ooh. left for the teacher to throw me on a team <laughs> you go okay all right uh, fine <laughs> then just stand there. Yeah, we uh, we're part of the, the staff picks over at Spreaker, uh, the website that uh, we we uh, store all this on, and we're very appreciative of that. So thank, thank you, you Spreaker. Much. Thank you very much, Spreaker. We hope you do listen to us as well as uh, just posting us up there. But it's pretty cool. It's good to stuff, yeah. and I think it's been helping as well. No, I think I think so. I mean, I feel like um, I feel like we're getting some new listeners, some new followers on Facebook every week. Um, and I haven't seen uh, that much vitriol lately, so we must be doing something right. I don't know what you just said, but okay. Okay, well, uh, maybe you should uh, clean out your ears. <laughs> what, vitriol? Vitriol. That, Spewing have... hatred? Oh, okay, thank you. I knew that. I just wanted you to explain that to the rest of the people, just in okay, case. Okay, well, okay. I, I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I used a word with more than two syllables for you, Larry. <laughs> You know, the only time I get the word of the day is when I go to the gas station, right there. They always have the word of the day. All right. Well, if you want, I can introduce a segment and give you a word of the day. <laughs> that, that, that would be my next year's uh, calendar. Uh, but, yeah, no, things have been going good here. Uh, again, we're we're screaming towards episode 100. Who kind of – I won't lie to you. You know, who, who knew we'd actually make it 100 episodes, especially because in the beginning, you know, we were a little stagnant there in the beginning. Oh, I didn't. I, I didn't think at all. <laughs> um, so, yeah, well, you know, we were a little stagnant in the beginning because, um, you know, I had just moved back to New York and I had a pretty demanding job that sent me all over the all over the country, all yeah. over the North America, actually. Yep. So, um, yeah, so it was uh, it was kind of hard to record episodes. And uh, once I once I settled myself down again, uh, everything seemed to work out. So uh, I'd like to take full credit for this. <laughs> I figured you would. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. <laughs> uh, but, uh but yeah we're heading to 100 and you know we we've you know we've we've met a lot of cool people along the way a lot of cool podcasts along the way and uh, i think for the better except for our wallets uh this has done us good as far as 
you know, just reliving our youth and, and getting back into into what we love. Yeah, nope, that's very true. And you know what? My my wallet is still happy. Um, it it still has a, a little bit of money in it every once in a while. So um, so I can say this has definitely been uh, a blast. Uh, having fun playing uh, playing our old games, you know, and uh, you know, it's just great talking about it. No, that's it's been great. And I uh, we mentioned a couple episodes ago. Uh, that well, you mentioned it. This this new another in the em, not an emulator. Well, yeah, it's an emulator, but I, I would call it more of a clone system because it does play cartridges. The Retro Freak. Yes, and, I did bring it up, and uh, why do I have a feeling you brought it up for a reason? Because it quickly came from England, from where I ordered it. Uh, I got a Retro Freak. I ordered one. Oh, how did you how did you manage to give in and buy it? I just I just clicked and typed and gave my credit card to a website over in New England, New England, over yeah. in Old England. No, no, over in Old England, Great uh, Britain, if you will. Funstock um, was it? Funstock but I would like to take credit for this because um, while I was traveling in Japan, um, I was doing the research on the Retro Freak, and uh, I- I'd like to think that I talked you into buying it. You know, you mentioned you saw a couple used ones, right? Yeah, I saw a couple used ones there, and the prices for the used one were pretty much the same price that you bought the new one for. So it really – well, I didn't buy a Retro Freak because I realized with the exception of the TurboGrafx-16 that I actually have all of these systems – um, hooked up to my television currently. Uh, I would like to narrow those down because uh, my entertainment center looks like a disaster um, <laughs> with everything hooked up to it. However, I found a way to balance everything out just the way that I want to for the moment. But uh, I'm pretty sure, well, based on your review, we'll see what you think, uh, what you thought of it, uh, that I may be purchasing one in the near future. Yeah, no, this is this is just kind of one-stop shopping with 11, uh, 12 with an adapter, 12 systems in one, HDMI, uh, what's so I ordered it I ordered I, I just you know ordered the full package meaning uh, I got the adapter that will let me mm-hmm. plug in original controllers um, okay. and I got the NES adapter because out of the box the only game it won't play is NES um, which is funny on this side of the world but makes sense in Japan where the system really was created and 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 uh, sold um, so like the only complaint so far, but I guess it's not a complaint because then I could probably just buy a second one, is the adapter for the controllers uh, only has one plug for each controller. So technically, it's a one player if you want to use the original controllers. Uh, but the flip side to that is it does come with a very comfortable, very nice USB controller that's shaped like a Super Nintendo controller, uh, which will be universal mm-hmm. for all the systems. Uh, but not only that, nice. you can you can plug in your your PS4 controller and X. I think you can plug in an Xbox controller through USB. So it's it's versatile like that. You know, it'll take those controllers. Yeah. How many uh, how many USB slots are there for controllers? Uh, well, can there's three. US, there's three USB slots. To be honest with you. Oh, okay, cool. There's three, three. in the front, uh, and then when you pop out now, in re- when we talked about it last time, in reality, the system itself is like the size of a deck of cards or a little bit bigger. Because it plugs into the dock, if you will, that's for the physical cartridges. But otherwise, when right. you rip the ROMs, you can just pop out the little piece. The little that even that little piece has two USB ports on it. Okay. Um, now I will admit, I thought the system ran on USB. Uh, it doesn't. It just runs on a regular AC adapter, uh, which is fine. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I just it was expecting USB. It's, it would make it more portable. 
Um, in the box, though, came a uh, European plug and a Japanese plug. Uh, no American plug. So, Correct, because it was not made for America. Yes. So with that being said, I've now had the Retro Freak for about a week, and I've yet to turn it on because I am waiting for the United States plug to come in the mail that I had to order after the fact. Um, why didn't you just go to Best Buy and get a converter? Because I, I thought about that, getting a converter. Um, to have it plugged in that long, I just I, I don't trust having a converter plugged in like permanently. Mm-hmm. Um, like travel, that's a whole different ballgame. But to me, just permanently, I'd rather have that one unit, that one piece, when it comes to electricity. And I think it would just last longer, because I don't think a converter is designed for that long of uh, being plugged in. Um, All right, fair enough. uh, Also, that was something else I had to order overseas, so who knows when it's coming in. And I figured, since I'm ordering that, might as well order the Game Gear adapter. So I'm also going to get the Game Gear adapter that also plays the Game Gear, Master System, and something else I forgot. Uh, So this freaking thing um, is costing me a lot of money, and I've yet to try. I don't even know if it works, to be honest with you. So well, that's fun, um, and of course, all all of these costs will be going towards your um, towards your total for all of the uh, money you've spent on retro gaming. I, I don't think the AC adapter should. Well, you need the AC adapter to play the that, to play the game. That would be. A jo- I think we'll need a ruling on that one, Josh. I, I have a fe- I have a feeling that uh, Josh will rule in my favor. But the system is not. It's not big, which I like. It's not bulky. Um, it's, it's sturdy, feels sturdy, and mm-hmm. I think it's going to hold up, so I can't wait. And what's cool about it as well is the, um, just the last thing I'll mention about it, the controller adapter for it yeah. also has the, the Famicom extension port. Oh, So I'm wondering, cool. yeah, I'm wondering if it will play the, uh, the disk drive, which would then make it 13 systems. Uh, I think it would be listed online though if it did that, so I'm I'm not so sure. Yeah, but then why include the port? Well, that's a good good question. So, I I do not have an answer. I don't know if I come when I come to LA, maybe I'll bring it. We can test it out. Uh, that would be nice. I'd appreciate it if you tested it before then. <laughs> <laughs> no, I meant the Famicom docking system thing. Oh, the Famicom dock. Okay, well you do that. Uh, yeah, no, I can't. Wait. I, I gotta get my hand on uh, some some Turbo Graphics games. Uh. Yeah. All right. Well, congrats on congrats on buying it. But um, you know, next time we chat, let's let's get a full review. Maybe. Uh, no, absolutely. I open the box. I'm like, all right. There's the European adapter. All right. There's the Japanese adapter. And I'm looking through. I'm like, come on. There's got to be an American adapter. And no, there wasn't. <laughs> no, that 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 that's just your patriotic ego talking, right? No, there. no, no. That's when I found out that that's the only plug that they sell separately. Well, yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Like I said, it wasn't made. It wasn't made for our country. So. What? wasn't made for Europe either, but whatever. Well, no, it was. They actually released it in Europe. Europe That's where and I Japan. got it. Yeah. No, I'm just I'm, – I'm telling you. I should just throw the whole thing out now. That's what I'm going to do. I think you should. Or just send it to me. <laughs> uh, and then on top of that, what I also uh, bought was I bought a couple of um, virtual uh, uh, virtual console games. Um, arcade Archives. We've talked about this before. Uh, mm-hmm. They've been putting out a. They put out a ton. I didn't. I forgot how many games they've released. It's yeah, got to be released a lot, hundreds. Uh, and they're doing a lot of the uh, the Nintendo arcade ones. But I've been buying vertical scrollers like there's no tomorrow. 
this new one called uh, Terra Cresta. It's very interesting. Uh, Terra Cresta, arcade archives, they're all like $8, no matter what system you, you, you play it on. Um, I'm Like, I'm flying through, and then all of a sudden, I'm fighting dinosaurs. It was really weird. Cool. Yeah. And when you destroy the dinosaurs, you just turn into a pile of bones. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Why not? So that was a good eight bucks. Uh, definitely check out those arcade archives. They're really fun. And arcade versions of games like Contra, uh, Double Dragon, all these good games. So. Yeah, all those ones that uh, that you definitely can't find around anymore. Yeah. Um, eight bucks. Yeah, arcade-wise. Well that's kind of cool. It. Well worth it. So that's been my week. Nice. Yeah. Not too shabby. <laughs> well, um, one other thing to bring up, uh, and it's not—it it is shopping related, but it's not in terms of things that we've purchased. But um, you just recently posted a link on our page about the uh, <laughs> the 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 ever popular, um, well, and depending on how you feel about it, uh, universally hated uh, NES classic. Uh, yeah, no, we uh, we heard about this. We knew it was going to happen this summer, but now we got a date. Uh, I think it was June something. 29th. June 29th. The NES Classic returns to the shelves June 29th, and as per Nintendo, will be available throughout the remainder of the year. Well, let's well, see how that holds up. Well, I think uh, I actually think they may have learned their lesson at this point because with the Super NES Classic, you can still go in a store and pick it up, and when it does go on sale online, it doesn't sell out immediately true uh right which means that we're actually uh we are, we are actually in a position where um people can get this thing now so i think they're going to do the same thing with the nes classic sure in the beginning i think everybody's going to rush to grab them again because they're going to think they can sell them at a super high you know uh, mm-hmm. above market value um but then they'll quickly learn that uh you know they're just going to be an abundance of them so finally Everybody who does not have one will be able to hopefully have an NES Classic. Yeah, that'd be that'd be because the game, there's a good set of games on it. I mean, we talked about it ad nauseum during 2016, uh, that we did, and even into 2017. But the you know the the minis and Nintendo, in my opinion, started. I mean, there's been a couple of them that were out beforehand. But because of Nintendo putting it out, that's where all of a sudden we got all of these mini systems. The the, the crappy Genesis one, the the Commodore 64, uh, you know, just a bunch of them. There was a, I think there was an, uh, not a Neo, there's a Neo Geo one coming out. But there was, mm-hmm. I think, like a, like a Spectrum one or something like that. Uh, so, you know, Nintendo finally learned their lesson, especially because... The inside of the Super NES Classic is the same thing as the inside of the NES Classic, so they really didn't change the physicality of the of the motherboard or whatever. No, they definitely did not, which is really cool. Yeah, and hopefully they'll do that too whenever they put out the uh, N64. Oh, the N64 Classic, yeah. Uh, you notice how they skipped over a system? Um, I don't know. What, well, the Game Boy one? one, I think, was, is coming out. Is that, that well, no, the game. Well, yeah, the game, they did announce the Game Boy one, but I feel like they skipped over something else. I, I, I can't put my finger on what it is. I feel like they're uh, doing it in chronological it's, order. It, 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 it's it's red. It's it sits on a desk. It's not you due out eye, yet. You stick your eyes in it and get a seizure. It, that it, one. What do you? What, what's the yeah, name of that one? The Virtual Boy came out after the Nintendo sixty four. Oh, that's it. It was the Virtual Boy. Thank you. Thank you. That'd be. An, I'd love that little. Imagine that little mini just be a pair of sunglasses. 
Oh god, uh, yeah, I I think that little mini will be used as like a, as a weapon against like uh, our uh, enemies overseas because all they got to do is put them on somebody and they'll they'll just pass out. And you can have all the games on there. I still got I still got them. Yeah, all five of them. Some of them. You know, I still have those games. Meanwhile, I can't find any of my uh, 3DS games. All of them are gone. Well, well, I mean, clean up your apartment, dude. I I did. My mother's coming over tomorrow. But I can't, literally, I can't, this is Tomorrow's why. On a Monday? Yeah, well, she was working on Mother's Day, which we're, we're uh. going on now. Um, this is why I now advocate, you know, download games. Don't buy physical copies because you can lose them. They're tiny. They're small. Very annoying. And it's, but <laughs> I'm sorry, can you repeat that? <laughs> My cat wants to join the show. <laughs> no royalties. And. <laughs> I know. I agree with you. I, it's very annoying that I can't find these. These. My my, my cat apparently does not like the Virtual Boy either. <laughs> if you, I'd interpret that, but I'd like to keep us PG. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah. So I'm looking for. I know. I'm looking forward to the to the NES. I mean, do you know anyone still looking for an NES classic? Uh, yeah, I know several people oh. because I I have. Uh... <laughs> Check out Macy's Cyber Monday specials now while supplies last for great savings on holiday gift ideas like designer names you know they'll love. Now 40 to 60% off. And women's boots and shoes to finish the look 50 to 60% off. And upgrade your bedroom for cooler nights with cozy flannel bedding quilts and accessories from Martha Stewart Collection. Now 65% off. Plus, Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. I have come back from Japan, I think, three times now with a mini Famicom for people because they can't get the NES Classic. <laughs> Fair enough. And it, it, listen, the Famicom has its own set of games that's well worth it. So Yeah, no, that's it's it's very true. I mean, I like the fact that they were like uh, – I mean, it's only like I think three games that are different ultimately. Three but five, still, yeah. I, yeah, three, three or five, three to five, something like that. But I do like the fact that uh, there's a little variety on there. And the same thing with the Super NES, mm-hmm. which is cool. <laughs> yeah. They're writing. Um, yeah, so we'll see what's going on with those. We'll see what's going on with any more, you know, virtual shopping. Uh, but uh, we want to, you know, figure we'll get into this uh, now. Uh, the And it's funny, too, because like a year ago, I think, I feel like it was like a year ago when we talked about this topic. I, I don't know, it was one of the, like the second well, A year third... ago, I think I was, still, I was still cursing at the fact that I couldn't get one. Well, that, yes. Yeah, so with Nintendo, like I just mentioned a little while ago, you know, being kind of the, I won't say they're the king of the minis, but they're the ones that started this whole craze, you know, yeah, now... Yeah, they're a bunch of troublemakers. They, <laughs> uh, they, they sure are, because because I can blame them for, for this. On Kickstarter, as we speak, ColecoVision, Coleco. Remember the old, the old, like, little mini arcade cabinets? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I love those. Little, like, I don't know, how big would you say they were? Like a foot tall, two feet tall? Yeah, I mean, like they're probably uh, maybe 12 inches at best. And yeah. the, sc- the screen on it was super small. It was like oh, a yeah. kind of Game & Watch size screen. Pretty much. And it was it was very dot matrix, for lack of a better term. Dot matrix? Uh, yeah, That's no, a printer. <laughs> I know, but meaning it was very archaic. Like, it wasn't – they weren't Just actual video. Wasn't actual Just video. say old. I totally um, understand. You don't need to use big words. <laughs> dot Matrix. It's technically that's a small word. Now, dot Matrix dot, is a character in Spaceballs. Dot Matrix. Yes. Did you see the Goldbergs? 
Uh, no, I did not, but I heard. I heard about Rick Moranis' return. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. Um, so over there on Kickstarter, Coleco evolved mini arcades. Basically, these little arcade bad boys are coming back. New hardware, new graphics. I mean, these these things look better than my TV, my, uh, my computer monitor. And the Kickstarter is with two games, which we talked about earlier. Still trying to figure out. I don't think they're old games. They're probably actually new games. Um, I'm not sure. We gotta we gotta do a deeper dive on this. Um, I, I I tend to agree that they must be new. They gotta. But be. Um, yeah, it's weird. So with these little mini systems, they have full color LCD display, uh, new gaming chipset, revamped joystick, action buttons. They're rechargeable, uh, and the 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 artwork on them are, are gorgeous. The two games that are available, though the uh, the rewards are very quickly going away because it's limited, is Robotech and Rainbow Bright. Yeah, so about that, <laughs> I get the I get the um, well. Here's the thing, I get the I get the appeal of both games because um, maybe. One is geared towards male, one is geared toward female, which is great. I like that. And to be honest with you, uh, I mean, Rainbow Bright definitely not not my idea of a game that I would want to purchase in the mini ar- uh, arcade cabinet thing, of course. But um, it's also a licensed character um, appealing to our generation who, when we were kids, you know, I remember my sisters loved Rainbow Bright. So I, can, I definitely understand the um, the rationale behind it. I won't lie. I saw Rainbow Bright and the Star Stealer, that little bastard. Oh, yes. I do, I, I do remember that movie. Yes. <laughs> uh, um, and, but and, uh, So did you did you buy the Rainbow Bright one? I will get into that in a second. Uh, Rainbow Bright being a an RPG on this little mini system, I, I it's going to be, I don't know, it seems almost a little daunting to play an RB, RPG on this small system, which basically it's like a two and a half inch, no, it's a full color 2.75 inch LCD screen. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's got good quality. Don't get me wrong; the video looks amazing. But to sit there that long to play an RPG, that's going to be interesting. Um, to answer your question, yes. You know, if you're going to get one, you got to get them both. You know, Rainbow Bright and Robotech. So you have each one. So then you bought both. I, I did. Yes. Okay. And what they have right now, just to go through a couple of the rewards, they still have a few early bird specials left, meaning for $45, you can either get the Rainbow Bright system or you can get, nope, just Rainbow Bright because that's the only one still available. Um, you can get either Rainbow Bright or Robotech at the $55 level. That's not obviously not the early bird, uh, but mm-hmm. those are still available. Those are unlimited, if you will. Or you can go a two-pack and get both of them. Which is what you did. uh, Yes. Uh, But also, you can get special limited edition Kickstarter versions of them, which are extremely limited, which I also ended up getting. So... Oh, my God. Okay, so wait a minute. So... Look, you bought they, you bought both limited edition versions. They're they're individually numbered. They have a different fi- color limited scheme. to fifty pieces, right? Yep, and and they have a different color scheme to the cabinet than the regular ones. 
Wow. So, listen, go big or go home. That's that's what I say. Go with home. Kickstarter. The answer is to go home. And not only that, but if they hit $180,000 as a stretch goal, they're not really saying they're going to release it. From the looks of it, there may be a third game that may be available uh, at the stretch goal. And as of right now, as of May 13th, they have almost $60,000. They only needed thirty, so they're doing fantastic. And there's still 24 days to go. Well, yeah, and we'll see what happens now. Uh, well, you know, if they have more people like you buying the the limited edition, have then you they're seen set. Look at gold, silver, numbered. Come on now. Yeah, I I do, but uh, I can't justify that price for those. I'm sorry. It's you know, it is it's, what it it's is. up there. And anybody who's interested in checking it out, um, go on the Kickstarter page, the uh, Coleco Evolved Mini Arcades. Um, and check them out. I mean, they they are interesting. And to be honest with you, I am tempted to pick up the Robotech one. Yeah, right. Um, so because that's more of a side scroll, like a two D side scroller, old school. Exactly. So um, it'll be interesting to play that. Um, the Rainbow Bright one, I think, uh, I think I will pass on. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why. You don't. You want to get a special the the limited edition one? I mean, look at it, it's metallic. No, no, I think uh, I think I'll, I'll pass on that one. You know, <laughs> it's four hundred dollars for both people. I know we're burying the lead. It's four hundred dollars for both, and you know what? Oh, it's okay. a Kickstarter. Yeah, I, was, I, I thought we were. I thought we were purposely avoiding the, <laughs> the, the price. <laughs> I said, look, well, I, people. But, are hey, all ask. right, throw it out there. People are curious. I oh, really, yeah, if you check out the Kickstarter, it's it's two hundred dollars for each limited limited edition one. I really hope that third one is Pac Man. If they do it, that'd be awesome. Because it'd be more money, but whatever. Well, yeah, I mean, you would throw them like a thousand dollars for a pack. No, not a thousand. Now, let's not talk ridiculous. Now, you would, you totally would. You know, what are you, you talking would. Talking about, but um, uh, but yeah, check it out. Uh, it's going to be good, and who knows? Maybe, uh, maybe these games. Who like? Who knows how good Rainbow Bright is? Maybe it's the next Zelda. Uh, it could be. You never know. Um, but uh, I definitely will not know. So. Um, <laughs> And Larry, aside aside from you spending a ton of money on the um, uh, on Kickstarter for these two little mini games, um, there is another. Uh, there is a. Uh, I posted this article. Uh, I don't know when, maybe a week ago or so. But there is a new Super Nintendo game coming out, um, and a company is raising money for it for a worthy cause. Um, I posted this. Uh, I posted this um, this link that uh, Dev- uh, Devolver Digital and Mega Cat Studios are teaming up to create a new Super Nintendo game which aims to raise awareness of mental health issues within the game development industry, which I think is really kind of cool. Yeah, it's very uh, very specific. It's interesting. Yeah, it's, it's very, very specific. Um, so the name of the game is called Fork Parker's Crunch Out. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's available for pre-order at megacatstudios.com for $49.99. Now, it is an original Super Nintendo game, which means it is a Super Nintendo cartridge, so you need an SNES to play it. Um, It's described as a classic arcade-style game, Um, and what it is is crunch is an unsustainable practice that uh, – crunch hurts. Crunch is an unsustainable practice that exploits game creators' passion at the expense of their physical and mental wellness. So that's the actual – uh, game development um, ish, mental issue yeah. that uh, game developers suffer in. Um, so this game is actually you play Fork uh, Fork Parker, 
And the goal is you're trying to get your team to develop a new game. Uh, and you're trying to balance it out. You're trying to balance it in a way um, uh, in order to create a successful game. So it's literally the game is literally related to this mental health issue that has arisen from game developers. So it's really, really cool. I'm very, very tempted to order this um, because it sounds like the type of game that I would play. So, yeah, it's, it's very interesting. I mean, who knew that that, you know, I mean, it is mental health month. And who knew that this was right? I never don't remember hearing about this in the video game developers world. I know, you know, I was always aware that developing a video game is very stressful. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. Uh, Deadlines, things going, you know, working, not working. Uh, But I never I never realized that, you know, again, this whole mental issues with it um, was huge. So hopefully, yeah, hopefully this game, which is about making a game, which I think is pretty funny, like you mentioned. Uh, will will work out, but you know you're saying you're going to pre-order the forty nine dollar one, and as we just discussed, go big or go home. Have you seen the special edition cartridge? I have seen the special okay. edition cartridge, and uh, I will stick with the original. <laughs> but you got to admit, the special edition cartridge is kind of cool. Yeah, it is really cool. Um, and anybody who's interested, like I said, go to megacatstudios.com and check it out. Um, and a hundred percent of the profits from sales to uh, for this game will go to support. Um, aware, raising awareness and combating mental health issues. So that's really cool. So, there you go. Um, so if you so buy the if you buy the special edition, more money goes to the research. Huh? All right, Larry, Larry, calm down. I'm well, just... you know what? Why don't Why don't you buy the special edition one since you like them so much? Maybe. Hey, listen, it is the it is the heaviest and SNES cartridge in history. And when you put it in, it lights up. I mean, how cool is that? Well, then you should definitely get it. It's kind of like those. Uh, it's kind of like those uh, Mega Man ones I t- we talked about last oh, week. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, I found a piece of news that you are not aware of because I literally just found it before we started um, oh. recording this episode. So this and it's is definitely new. something you want to know about, Uh-oh. and I want to know about. So check this out. Hit me. We know, we uh, we talked about it a few minutes ago that the NES Classic is going to be released again on June 29th. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, in Japan, the NES Classic Edition is getting a golden re-release. Oh, what? So the Mini Famicom is getting a golden re-release with a new list of games. Oh, no. Not only will the console be golden. (laughs) You sold. I'm sold. Yep. Um, it will be designed to celebrate the 50th anniversary of Weekly Manga Anthology Weekly Shonen Jump. The new console will include the following games, and they have a list of all of the games. And trust me, I'm not even going to attempt to. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to attempt to say what these games are because I will destroy them all. So these are Japanese. Uh, so this is like a pure Japanese system. It's a pure Japanese system, but the ones that we would know, I think, um, so I'll point those out, okay. um, would be uh, Tag Team Match Muscle. Ooh, wow. Dra- uh, Dragon Quest. Okay. Uh, Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball 3. Hmm. Um, and then the ra- uh, Saint Seiya. I don't know if you know what that is. I've, I've, I've heard of that before. Sounds Saint familiar. Saint Seiya. Yeah, I think it's an RPG, yeah. uh, and then the, and then I'm not even going to attempt the rest. There, there's one, there's one here that I, I nobody can ever say. <laughs> I don't even know how you would say. I don't even know how you would say. unless you live in Japan. But anyway, um, so there's a new Famicom Golden Mini coming out. Uh, so and it's going to cost um, about eight thousand yen. 
So with ta- basically, when you add tax in, it's eighty bucks. But worth it. Eighty dollars. You're gonna get another Famicom Mini with a whole new set of games. Probably in you know probably games we're not gonna be able to understand. But still, um, I will be purchasing that for sure. It's a lot of Dragon and re- Ball games, and, and it releases on July seventh. Uh, unfortunately, I will not be in Japan at that time. Oh. So uh, yeah, I know. Um, but we'll have to, yeah, my next trip I'll have to go have out to and figure grab out one of those. Way to order that. Hmm. But anyway, that's uh, that's some really awesome news um, yeah. to just to drop on the show. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you can check that out. And I think uh, I think that about wraps up uh, all the news we have in the uh, in the retro world for this week. That's That's big news. All right, Larry, it is time for uh, uh, Cheat of the Week. Ooh, um, all right. I, I, yeah, I thought I'd come up with a uh, Cheat of the Week. And this is kind of um, related to our next segment instead of our previous segment. Um, but okay. um, I thought I would go way back when, and you'll understand why that uh, why we're pulling this game out of the archives for Cheat of the Week. But um, this week's Cheat of the Week is from the original Tomb Raider on the Sony PlayStation. Oh, okay. Um, and the cheat is getting all of the weapons. So starting the game, starting a level with all uh, with all of Lara Croft's weapons. So oh, if you want to, nice. so if you want to start um, with that, you have to press on your controller L1 triangle R2 L2 L2 R2 circle L1. If you do that successfully. Lara Croft gets all of her weapons, and then you can fly through the board, murdering everything that you want. Go for it! So, Sweet. Um, was that also uh, was that also an Easter egg in the new movie? Uh, no, it wasn't because uh, I did see the movie, and she did not shout that out to get <laughs> unlimited weapons. That'd be awesome. Video game only, and that is this week's cheat of the week. All righty. Uh, well, it's uh, how quickly a year goes by. You know, I, I feel like just. This time last year, this was one of the first big topics that we had Josh on from Victims and Villains uh, to talk right. about. And he even, actually, I think he was the one that even brought it up to us. Uh, so he was, and that's kind of where uh, Josh's little uh, takeover, and I've noticed for the last 365 days of uh, the show. And yeah, he has been slowly taking it over successfully. And yeah. I think, um, yep, yeah, I know. And I think, uh, I think since he's. Um, shaved his uh, beard he's he's trying to go for the uh, the the good check out macy's cyber monday specials now while supplies last for great savings on holiday gift ideas like designer names you know they'll love now 40 to 60 percent off and women's boots and shoes to finish the look 50 to 60 percent off and upgrade your bedroom for cooler nights with cozy flannel bedding quilts and accessories from martha stewart collection now 65 percent off Plus, Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Check out Macy's Cyber Monday specials now while supplies last for great savings on holiday gift ideas like designer names you know they'll love. Now 40 to 60% off. And women's boots and shoes to finish the look 50 to 60% off. And upgrade your bedroom for cooler nights with cozy flannel bedding quilts and accessories from Martha Stewart Collection. Now 65% off. Plus, Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. The looking contest winner as well. <laughs> Not with us in town, pal. Oh, no, definitely with us in town. <laughs> so we're back here. This is the 2018 Video Game Hall of Fame 
brought to you by the Strong National Museum of Play up there in Rochester, New York. Go check it out when you get a chance. And we got four brand new games in this year's Hall of Fame, four big contenders, and four worthy, worthy new games to be in there. That is correct. All right, thank, thank you. Thank, thank you. Thank you for that setup. So, um, so the oh uh, so, so, well, so um, I thought we would just uh, just talk briefly about each one of them as we uh, as we uh, relate uh, as we you know as we discuss our own ethic you know Absolutely. experiences with them. Um, so the first one is um, on the Sega Genesis, um, John Madden football now. With John Madden, this actually was not the first John Madden football game. The first, uh, the first licensed one was in 1988, um, and it was actually very poorly uh, received. Um, I don't know uh, game mechanics and the, the gameplay itself. It was an exactly Apple II for crying out loud. Yeah, yeah it, well, it was also on the Apple II, which is a problem. Um, so, so uh, it didn't look like that uh, John Madden football was going to be salvaged. But then um, Sega, you know. Signed, the, you know, signed the deal with John Madden, and um, decided to come out with a John Madden football game on the Genesis. And this game came out, if I remember correctly, in 1990. Uh, yeah. Uh, and it very quickly became the fastest selling um, Genesis game of of that time. So um, sold like over 400,000 copies, which back then was pretty damn impressive. Um, and uh, yeah, and and since then. I think the mechanics from this game were basically influential for all future football games on systems, you know, even leading up to today. Absolutely. Uh, you know, Madden, I mean, Madden's still around, you know, every year the Madden, Madden games come out. And, and John Madden being one of the best coaches the NFL has seen. I mean, Oakley's been in he was, his whole career is, is Oakland. Uh, he won Super Bowl eleven. Uh, with the Raiders in 1976, I mean mm-hmm. his his win loss record in the regular season, you know 103 wins, 32 losses for a coach, uh, big time. And not only that, but when Madden transferred over to the broadcast uh, booth, you know he just his his mannerisms, his way he told the game was just he became a household name, and with that slapping that name onto the video game also i'm sure helped out the sales of the game because then you have you know then you have that hey, i know madden you know i listen to him on tv you know always talking about driving in a bus because he hates flying which is why he never did the pro bowls um but madden and i remember st- my first madden was probably super nintendo i'm gonna say so it had to be you know somewhere you know mid 90s obviously mm-hmm. um and just you're right there was there's been other football games but just the mechanics of John Madden football and, and even to today is just, uh, you know, can't be beat. Yeah. Um, my Madden experience, I think, is way later because mm-hmm. um, I wasn't the biggest football fan as a kid. Um, I watched it, you know, I watched it here and there. I caught the Super Bowls and whatnot. But I wasn't I didn't really play football games probably until uh, somewhere down to um, the Super Nintendo, uh, not Super Nintendo, uh, N64. Okay. Uh, N64 Sega Dreamcast era. So I. I quite possibly say i think the first madden game i played may have been somewhere around 2000 okay and even then there's still still some good stuff coming out no 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 the games were excellent i mean um i mean when you think about it there were 
there were other football games that came out that tried to compete with it. Um, I remember a couple of them. One was like NFL Quarterback Club. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, I remember them trying to compete, and um, and then of course I think you had the the two K series NFL two K. I was gonna say the only game that that gave Madden run for its money was ESPN two K five. For some yes. specifically 2K5. Yes, that one specifically. Yeah, that I still year own. was yes. phenomenal. Yeah, um, I still own that game because it was excellent. But even beyond that, you know, then and then Madden, you know, EA just signed that exclusive deal with the NFL, which pretty much put the kibosh on every other football game and kept it with Madden. But uh, it's good to see Madden. Congratulations, John Madden football in the Video Game Hall of Fame. Yes. Uh, moving on. Um Moving on to uh, a game that uh, is near and dear to my heart because this game definitely um, opened my eyes to the whole um, action adventure genre, and more specifically, it opened the uh, it opened uh, it opened up the whole idea of a 3D action adventure, um, and uh, with a lead character that um, that you know kids my age would definitely enjoy watching. Um, <laughs> yeah. the polygons it, were strong with this one. Yes, po- the polygons were definitely strong, and it also started to blur the lines between, uh, you know, what, what you should enjoy in reality and what you should enjoy in a video game. Uh, so Tomb Raider has now been added to the World Video Game Hall of Fame. Yes, congratulations. Um, I feel like a little uh, better late than never. Uh, yeah, exactly, because it was an extremely influential game. Um, it, it was released in 1996 by Core Design. Yeah. Um, and uh, again, like I said, it was... Um, it was exclusive to the Sony PlayStation, and it was very kind of Raiders of the Lost Ark um, type of thing, where you know Lara Croft is an um, archaeologist per se, trying to you know trying to find uh, a lost treasure. And um, the coolest thing about it was that it was um, it was very heavily um, puzzle oriented, and um, it was very heavily um, like challenge oriented in terms of like. Uh, you had to jump a specific way. You had to grab and climb things and whatnot. Like it gave you a full 3D experience. It was probably one of the first games to do it, you know, in you know, uh, successfully. And uh, as a result of that, um, Tomb Raider, you know, has become a franchise that's now um, 22 years old. Um, it has <laughs> yeah. uh, it has Good 11 Lord. it has 11 games to its name. So you're talking Ooh. about a game, yeah, a game. Every other year, um, when you when you count yeah, them all, just out. about, yeah. So basically, every other year, a new Tomb Raider comes out. Um, three films, uh, you know. Recently, obviously, uh, yeah, you've seen the 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 uh, the older two, <laughs> yeah. but uh, you know now they just attempted to reboot the franchise um, with another with another film, and we talked about that on uh, Josh's show, mm-hmm. uh, Victims and Villains. But uh, yeah, and it doesn't look like. Um, it doesn't look like this thing is slowing down. In fact, the original Tomb Raider sold seven million copies Which, in, 19, yeah, in, uh, back ni- in the nineties. And at this point, oh, where, with eleven games, they um, it has it, it boasts sales of over sixty three million copies. There you go. Um, which is definitely nothing to, nothing to sneeze at. So. No, no, not at all. Lara Croft, Tomb Raider. I'm gonna be honest with you. I wasn't crazy about the first Tomb Raider or the first few because of the control scheme. The control scheme was very different for Tomb Raider. Uh, same reason why I wasn't crazy about Resident Evil with that control scheme. It was just, it was just very weird. It wasn't just very basically up moves. It was like you had to, like, when you turn, it kind of changed the perspective and stuff. So it was a little tough for me to get into those first games. So I got into Tomb Raider later, uh, later on. 
But being a 16-year-old and seeing Lara Croft, it's like, you know what? Maybe I'll give this game a try. Whether right or wrong reasons, it ended up opening up this fantastic game, this series of games uh, to me and probably to a lot of other young gentlemen back then. Uh, and one of the first, probably since since Metroid, probably, since Samus, where you had this this uh, female lead character, except we knew she was female from the get-go, and Lara Croft ended up becoming the, no pun intended, the, uh, you know, the, the legend, um, I guess legend's not in the title, uh, the raider that she is today. Uh, yeah, no, I couldn't agree with you more, but I do have one question. Did you... Did you uh, not enjoy the first game as much because you couldn't get through the first level? I could. The, the controls were terrible, in my opinion. Okay, no, no, you you can admit it. It's okay. No, no it's well, I couldn't get through the level because of the controls. Thank you. That's that's all. <laughs> I just wanted you to admit it. That's all that you couldn't get through the I, first level. Thank you, Tomb Raider. Congratulations for your entry into the Hall of Fame. And on top of that, and this is a game that again you're familiar with. I liked it. The control schemes were fantastic. But you were definitely into these, especially these last few on the PlayStation. Uh, Final Fantasy VII finds its way into the Hall of Fame. Oh yes, Final Fantasy VII, one of the one one of by far my favorite games of all time. There you go. And uh, I, I still own the original strategy guide for this game because I'm sorry. Is that the original one? This is the original strategy wow. guide for Final Fantasy That's VII. That's good shape. That, I, that yep, that I bought in 1997 because. <laughs> I have never in my life played a game so deep and so involved that I just – I had to. I just needed to know what what I was missing because in a game like this, it's so easy to miss things and then to go back through it again, especially when you're putting in 60, 70, 80 hours of gameplay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so Final, Fan- so Final Fantasy VII – I got to say, I mean, it's one of the, if not the greatest RPG of all time, in my opinion. Um, it was originally supposed to come out on the Super Nintendo. Um, I, it, um, no, no. Well. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yes. Yes, you're right. I'm jumping ahead a little no, bit. No, no. Yeah. Yeah, no. Originally, it was – originally, they began developing it for the, for the Super Nintendo and the Super Famicom. But cartridge costs were rising, which then led them to move it onto the Nintendo 64 disk drive. And this so they were gonna, isn't going to be nuts. Right. So they were going to release it for the N64 disk drive, which wound up not coming out in the U.S. Um, ultimately, though, they thought it made more sense to pair up with Sony for the PlayStation because the CD-ROMs – uh, putting it on a CD was going to be cheaper than putting it on discs for the N64 disk drive. And that's how the game wound up with Sony exclusively. And not only that, I remember hearing about this part as well. Not only is it cheaper, but the game came out on three discs. I, it was probably one yes. of those. I don't remember any other PlayStation games before this one that was more than two. Um, so this one came out on three discs where if they would have put it on the, the, the Nintendo 64 disk drive, it would have been 30 discs for the disk right. drive can you imagine that no there's no way you would you would have literally a stack of discs in your house and we're talking those little th- you know those little floppy discs the little hard no not floppies. the n64 disk drives remember those those, oh. those weird thicker ones like oh, the custom that's right. ones they yeah. had the, that's right they had those thicker yeah it so almost those... was like uh zip drives remember the old zip, zip oh discs? yeah the zip drives yeah yeah yeah, and those things yeah those things were yeah can you imagine just having 30 of those around the house and saying you know or just imagine 
you you keeping thirty of them, and all of a sudden, oh my god, where's number eighteen? I need number eighteen. I don't know where it went. <laughs> Cats knock them out of the way and stuff. Basically, but yeah, so it wound up being on three uh, three CDs, oh, um, and of course, it was it was the first Final Fantasy game to incorporate three D computer graphics, full motion video cutscenes for Final uh, Fantasy. It, yeah, yeah, it had digitized vocals in it. Yeah, um, for one for one of the songs, and uh, I just put two and two together. The um, the theme to this game was called is called One Winged Angel, uh, yep. which is also the name of the finisher of Kenny Omega, who's a big wrestler over in Japan, and he he's a huge gamer. And I never put two and two together on that one until now. Huh. Well, that's because you never really played through Final Fantasy VII, no, so you but didn't I, know that. I, I've heard a lot about it. Yes, oh, man. Um, it sold over 10 million copies, which made it the second highest grossing game published on the PlayStation. So that tells you just how popular it was. Um, and then the story in this game was just so involved and so amazing. Uh, it was probably one of the first games I ever played. Um, I think Chrono Trigger was the other one. Um, which is also one of the best RPGs um, mm-hmm. ever made, in my opinion. But uh, Final Fantasy VII, one of the one of the um, first games to ever kill off one of the main characters um, early on in the game, and she stayed dead. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, if there was any back. reason, yeah, exactly. If there were any reason for you to hate the antagonist in the game, Sephiroth, it's right then and there. He kill, He basically kills the love of your life right in front of you after you've played like a good 10 or 20 hours into the game with this character. Oof. Like just kills him right off. It's so brutal. <laughs> um, it's so, so brutal. And probably one of the most memorable cutscenes in a video game of all time. Uh, is uh, it the, the remake coming out? Yeah, there's a remake. Uh, the remake is coming out for the PlayStation 4. Um, I believe it got pushed to the end of this year, okay. if not early 2019. Um, there are, all, you know, there were also um, two films that the series spawned. Uh, there was a uh, Final Fantasy VII Advent Children, which was, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, which was an animated, basically an animated continuation of the story mm-hmm. from the game. And then there was the uh, CG film, which was separate from the game. Uh, it was a whole. A whole separate story called Final Fantasy VII: The Spirits Within. Well, that was just, that was just straight up Final Fantasy, yeah. Yeah, that was just straight up Final Fantasy. Oh, that was a good movie. Not, I like that movie. Yeah, um, it was. Yeah, I thought it was a decent movie. I mean, it wasn't the strongest film, but it was. Uh, no. It was decent enough. Um, and then, yeah. So, um, yeah, Final Fantasy VII. It's like I can't say enough good things about it. I've actually been holding off on playing this again. One because of the lake, but two because. The PlayStation 4 remake is coming out, so I'm definitely going to be picking that up. I think I will, uh, too. Yeah, and anybody who hasn't played Final Fantasy VII, um, if you have a PS4, it's definitely one worth pre-ordering for sure. Absolutely. Well, again, congratulations on entering the Hall of Fame. And we're going to round out the Hall of Fame with a game I know a lot of people are not going to be familiar with, but it really kind of kick-started this whole thing and the reason why... We're doing podcasts about retro games and about video games. Uh, mm-hmm. Space War has made it into the 2018 Hall of Fame. Yes, and I actually chose Space War for this week to do a, a retro spotlight on. Okay, um, because it's probably you know it's the game on the list that people would probably be least familiar with, um, and and like you said, it's probably um, a really interesting one that you should know about because without this game, we may not have the video game industry as we know it. Who knows? 
But, um, but Space War was developed and published by a man named Steve Russell. Um, it was on a platform called the Pro, uh, the PDP-1. PDP stands for Program Data Processor 1. And it was created in 1962. There you go. So we're talking 56 years ago. So Space War is a space combat video game. Um, that was developed by Steve Russell with, you know, in collaboration with other people. Um, and it, he also programmed it at MIT. So this was oh, in the okay. early 60s. This was in the early 60s at MIT. Geniuses. Um, and after he created it, it was further expanded by other students and employees of universities in the area, including two other men, uh, Dan Edwards and Peter Sampson. Um, and then it actually spread across different academic um, institutions on the PDP computer, anybody who was buying the PDP computer, basically the PDP-1, um, was getting it. So Space War was the first known video game to be played at multiple computer installations. Hmm. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. And the concept of the game, obviously, was going to be very, very simple. Um, the game featured two spaceships. They were nicknamed The Needle and The Wedge. Um, the, the needle, as you can imagine, was just a long shaped, um, spaceship. And then the wedge was a, um, basically a triangle shape. That's actually a triangle like shape. That's very familiar. And I'll get to that a little bit later. And basically what happened is you're, you're, you know, um, it's a two player game. You have to have human players. You did not play against a computer. And, oh, okay. Yeah. So what happens is two Two human players are basically fighting each other in a space war. You're in the middle of space. The object is to shoot your opponent. Um, Makes sense. Yep. And you're just maneuvering through the stars. And in the center of the board is something called they called a gravity well. And if you, if you went into the gravity well, you would teleport onto another portion of the screen. <laughs> so it was a good way to get away from somebody who was getting close to you and shooting at you. Um each ship had a limited amount of fuel for maneuvering and a limited number of torpedoes. Um, and the ships followed what they call Newtonian physics. Hmm. So um, Isaac Newton. Oh, okay. Um, based off of Isaac, Newton, uh, Isaac Newton's concept of physics. So they would remain in motion even when the player was not accelerating. So the whole idea would be if you're in a spaceship and you know, you're gunning it, when you cut off the fuel, it's not going to stop moving immediately it's going to continue to move for a certain period of time until it just eventually stops it's like a car if you don't you know if you don't hit the brake yeah it's just going to keep it'll keep rolling it'll just roll slower (laughs) um so um and then i told you about the hyperspace option in the middle which will go into a random location and then the game was initially controlled with switches on the pdp one so you actually had to use switches and press them to move and shoot um, however, eventually, uh, two men, Alan Kodak and Bob Saunders, built a, uh, an early version of a gamepad to reduce the difficulty and awkwardness of controlling the game. So these guys actually worked on what could be one of the first gamepads ever made yeah. um, for they a computer. They basically created – I mean, and we're going to learn more about it, but they created the whole thing. Yeah. Um, the game was uh, – considering this was 1962, the game was widespread in terms of um, – being on every PDP-1, like I said earlier. However, it was very limited in its reach because a PDP-1 computer at the time cost $120,000. Good lord. In, in, 
1962. That's wow. Is there a calculator yeah. that can do the interest on that? Not interest. The inflation on that? Wow. No, the infl- well, basically, uh, well, think about it this way. Um, when, mm, let's say, uh, in 1962, I think you can buy a house for like $30,000, one <laughs> $30,000. $30, so this, this, yeah, this thing cost about six homes. How much was it again? A hundred what? A hundred twenty thousand dollars. All right. You have an inflation calculator. I sure I do. That Uh-oh. would be almost a million dollars today. There you go. Um, so basically, a home today. Um, yeah. So because of the fact that it was a hundred twenty thousand dollar computer, only fifty five of these were ever sold. Fifty five <laughs> PDP computers. Um, most without a monitor, and many of uh, many of the remainder um, of these were sold to secure military locations or research labs with no free computer time, mm-hmm. which meant that the audience for Space War was severely limited. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, however, in the programming community in the '60s, Space War was ridiculously popular because you know here they are. Here's an opportunity to play a game yeah, right. on a computer. Um, so it was actually recreated on other mini computers and other mainframe computers before migrating over to the microcomputer systems of the seventies. Okay. Uh, so the seventies is when, you know, games really started to come, you know, started to come out on microcomputer systems. So, um, uh, so back in, uh, so by 19, by like 1971, 72, this thing was starting to really like break out. Um, by 1971, there were over a thousand computers with monitors rather than 55. Um, and that's when game variants started to happen. Hmm. Uh, and in night, and in fact, in 1972, um, Rolling Stone sponsored a space war Olympics, which goes down in history as possibly the first video game tournament ever held. Ooh, okay. Which was really cool. Um, and actually, um, Last year, October of last year, um, to celebrate the 45th anniversary of the Space War Olympics in 1972, um, Living Computers Museum and Lab in um, Palo Alto – I'm sorry, not Palo Alto. I'm sorry. The original tournament was in Palo Alto. But um, Living Computers Museum and Labs in Seattle mm-hmm. had a 45th anniversary celebration of the Space War Olympics, and they had a Space War Olympics tournament. Oh, that's cool. In October of 2017. That's cool. Yep. Now, in terms of playing the original Space War on a PDP-1, the only working PDP-1 that is known to exist, or the only ones that are left that are known to exist, are kept in the Computer History Museum in Mountain View, California, where demonstrations of the machines are held, which includes playing Space War. So that is the (laughs) only place you can actually see the original really? version of Space War being played. How far are you from there? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> but I will find out. Um, now, because uh, because of how groundbreaking Space War was, a lot of games were inspired by it in the 70s when mm-hmm. games started really getting developed. So in 1974, on the Plato network computers, a game called Orbit War came out, which was based off of Space Wars or okay. inspired by in 1977, there was a game called Space Wars with the hmm. with the S at the end, plural. Um, <laughs> in 1977, okay, on, in the arcade, 
Ah. Uh, 1978 on the Atari 2600, they just went all out and called it Space War, except they separated the words. (laughs) You had Space and War, two words. That's how you get around it. That's how you get around it, because the original Space War is spelled as one word with an exclamation point at the end. So it's Space War. Yes. 1979 in the arcade and later on on um, console, home console, we got Asteroids. And if you look at the ship in Asteroids, it's actually the wedge shape from the original Space War. It is. I was looking at it because I'm looking at a little bit of gameplay on from this, and you're right. Not only does the wedge shape look like it, but a little bit of the... A little bit of the gameplay. You know, you go off one side of the screen, you end up on the other. The, the star background. The momentum. Um, right. You also had the uh, – the only difference is in Asteroids, you had the option to teleport. Yes. Yourself by press by you know by pressing the – if I remember, if you press down, like you got that, to yeah. teleport. Something like that. Um, as opposed to just going to the center of the screen. I'm kind of surprised this was never, like, re-released on some sort of compilation or a uh... – yeah, like a download or something like that. You would think yeah, by I know. now. It, it, it's interesting. I wonder if anyone even uh, owns the rights, technically, if it was more of a demo. Beats me. Yeah. Um, but that's information I would love to know, and I do not have it for this um, for this spotlight. Uh, and then last but not least, uh, just, to, just to show you how long, how long of an influence this game had, um, there was a Space War-inspired game that came out in 1990, on the Amiga, the Commodore 64, and eventually the Sega Genesis called Star Control. Ooh. Star so, Control. Okay. Yeah. So we're talking almost 30 years later. Yeah. Um, and then, um, just to, to, finish up this, um, to finish up this spotlight, in 2007, Space War was named to a list of the 10 most important video games of all time. Makes sense. Which started the game canon at the Library of Congress. Really? Yes. So Library of Congress actually has a – they have a game canon of the most important video games of all time. And Space War was one of the first games they accepted onto that list. Very interesting. Um, Yeah. And that is this week's Retro Spotlight. And uh, again, congratulations to Space War for making it into the World Video Game Hall of Fame. It's definitely well-deserved. Scum sucker. All right, Larry, it's time for this week's Did You Know segment. Ooh, I like these. Um, and actually, it plays up to something you just said not, what, two, three minutes ago. <laughs> um, and it's related to I'm Space War. Okay. Well, it's related to Space War. And you had said you wondered why Space War didn't exist somewhere on a compilation. <laughs> um, did you know? No. Which you didn't, obviously. <laughs> you definitely did not know this one. That you can play Space War on steam really but but it's not listed in it's not just listed as a game purchase so when valve created um when valve created their own version of steamworks as a tool for uh as a tool for developers Mm -hmm. as a tool for developers to test it like achievements and um and the workshop and everything like that they created space war as the game to test really so it's not listed on regular steam channels what you have to do is when you're on your computer on steam you have to enter steam colon backslash backslash run backslash 480s 480 480 in wind in your windows run dialog box which you can access by pressing the windows key and r Mm -hmm. um you hit the run dialog box, you put that in, 
And then at that point, you should get a prompt from Steam asking if you want to install Space War. Oh, man. And you can all you say is yes, you can install Space War and play it. Now, the um, what's interesting about this is that when you get when you go to join a match or go in a lobby, you only find a handful of options because um, basically reliable sites that track. Um, uh, no, I'm sorry, you only get a handful of options because what happens is on um, Steam. They, they, whenever somebody accesses this outside of their company, it's considered like pirated software. Uh-huh. So if you download it and play it, if you actually download it and play it, they, you know, they think you're basically hacking into their system. Oh boy. Um, but based on reliable sites that track gameplay, like how many people play a game, um, Space War peaks at around eight thousand concurrent players per day. Wow. Which puts it in the top 100 list of Steam <laughs> games being played, um, although you can't purchase and download it. So it's a really interesting thing that you actually can play Space War through Steam, and that is this week's Did You Know? All right, we're going to start to wrap this episode up. Uh, that was pretty cool. That's, that's Space War. I gotta, I gotta, it's got to be somewhere else on the internet somewhere, I'm sure. Uh, so I'm going to try and check that out. Uh, yeah, good, I mean, it, I'm sure it's a fairly simple game to create, and I'm sure somebody's created yeah, it. Right. Uh, but good games went into the Hall of Fame. Uh, I will be eyeballing that gold Famicom Mini. So I As a, will I. I have a lot on my plate. Well, if I find one, it's mine first. So. <laughs> I'll find it online first. That's actually very true. You'll probably order it online before I pick it up in person. <laughs> Most dubiously. Uh, all right, so... Um, so how long are you here in the States for a little while? Uh, I am here for exactly one more week. Oh, boy. I better get on the job then. All righty. Um, yeah, and then you're going to be gone for like, what, like a month? Uh, I will be gone. I will be gone for about three weeks, back for one, and then gone for another two. Oh, wow. Okay. So, um, so yeah. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, my, my – uh, uh, and I'm sure you do if you've listened to the podcast. My job involves a lot of travel. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, most of the time to Japan. So um, I will be gone for an extended period of time on travel and on vacation. Uh, good. And good. during during what I said, good for you. Yeah, good <laughs> for me. Right. Yeah. Uh, yes, there's a vacation in there. Thankfully. Um, so while I am gone, there will be um, there will be some guest hosting going on in my stead. So um, as hard there. as it will be for Larry to live without me, because I know <laughs> it is, um, he will somehow manage to get by. It means I got to do prep and everything. I'm, I don't do the prep. I do all the post stuff. No, I know. I'm the prep guy. So good. You, so good luck with that. You Frank and Chew, trust me. Yes, but I will be here. I will be back next week. Yes, on next week's podcast before I disappear. Yes. So, and I'm going to, um, you know, it's it's. I'm going to try and do while Anthony's gone. Uh, Murray's starting to line people up, and and no offense to anyone who's already been on the show, but I I'm trying to get people on the show to guest host who's never been on before to get like fresh takes on things, or at least who've never been on for extended period of time so, so josh uh, <laughs> we'll see what happens because i don't want to i don't want to hurt him so uh, i'm sure josh will be one of the people who will be on here anyway uh, i will protest josh- if you don't have josh on the show <laughs> i will pro- i will protest my own show what <laughs> that's weird 
Um, but there's going to be some 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 new people, and uh, again, I'm just kind of finalizing all that. It's going to be fun while it's gone. But of course, no one can ever replace Anthony because we are the retro gamers. But it'll sort of be like retro gamers asterisk. So. Yes, there, there are many asterisks on this show. But in the meantime, remember to follow us everywhere. Our website, theretrogamers.com, facebook.com slash retrogamerspodcast. Again, we, we, we're featured in the uh, staff picks over there on Spreaker. And you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Just do a search for Retro Gamers. But more importantly, that five-star rating over on Apple Podcasts. Trust me when I tell you, that means a lot. So please literally only a couple of minutes to do head over there five stars put something a little nice little blurb in there uh it'll help this show tremendously yeah what he said <laughs> and on top of that the instagram instagram you know uh the, at the underscore retro gamers and that's about it you know we're doing the live streams we're going to start picking up the live streams again soon um and with that it's getting late here on the East Coast from when we're recording. So I'm oh, sorry. It's not to, late here, but uh, I'm tired. My cat's tired. It's bedtime. <laughs> All right. And I will catch you during the week. Yes, you will. And, and with, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk more games. Absolutely. And with everyone else, thank you for joining us and catch us right here next week on The Retro Gamers. Check out Macy's Cyber Monday specials now while supplies last for great savings on holiday gift ideas like designer names you know they'll love. Now 40 to 60% off. And women's boots and shoes to finish the look 50 to 60% off. And upgrade your bedroom for cooler nights with cozy flannel bedding quilts and accessories from Martha Stewart Collection. Now 65% off. Plus, Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Check out Macy's Cyber Monday specials now while supplies last for great savings on holiday gift ideas like designer names you know they'll love. Now 40 to 60% off. And women's boots and shoes to finish the look 50 to 60% off. And upgrade your bedroom for cooler nights with cozy flannel bedding quilts and accessories from Martha Stewart Collection. Now 65% off. Plus, Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply.